This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm a coach that knows about winning. I'm going to push you guys like you've never been pushed before. So I'm going to wish I was dead. I eat quitters for breakfast and I spit out their bones. Now this is going to be the hardest, most difficult thing you ever attempted in your entire life. But you know what? When it's over, you guys are going to be champions. Champion. This is the Full Press Bears Podcast. Packers suck! A part of full press coverage. I like that kind of party. I like that kind of party, baby. Here's your host and diehard Chicago Bears fans, Kyle George and Joey Plotkin. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Get ready to bear down. Thank you. Thank you. And go Bears! All right, hey Bears fans, welcome back. I hope you all had a lovely Thanksgiving. Sorry this episode's coming out a little later than normal. I'll be honest, I've my brain has been swirling with various things going on with not even like my real life, like with my sports teams, my fandoms, like outside of the Bears even. Uh, and we're going to get to the craziness of the Bears here in a little bit. Uh, but between the big Notre Dame news that's been going on and between the Cubs and will they, won't they sign big free agents. And, uh, just tonight, as we're recording this, they signed Mark Stroman. So that was the big move there uh, so far. Um, but between all of that, my brain has been just elsewhere. So I apologize for being a little late, a little later than normal. And instead of two episodes this week, we are just going to have this one a uh, little bit longer episode here. Um but this show, as always, is about the Bears all the time. I'm not going to talk about Notre Dame, and I'm not going to talk about the Cubs. 
You can follow me on Twitter, FFierceGeorge94. You can follow my co-host, Joey, on Twitter, at GoBearsDeep. Uh, and you can find us usually every Tuesday and Thursday, and in this case, Wednesday, uh, uh, on this podcast. Please make sure you drop a subscribe uh, and share it with your friends. Email us, fullpressbearsgmail.com. Our news coverage and articles uh, by all the wonderful people who write for it, uh, including Carlos, who was on here a few weeks ago, is at Full Press Bears on Twitter. Um, leave us a review and yeah, and share the show. Uh, check out fullpresscoverage.com or the Full Press Coverage app for this podcast and a lot of other great ones there as well. All right. <clears throat> oh, one last thing. Shout out to my students. The cat is out of the bag that I host this podcast and you guys have been telling me oh mr george we listen to your bears podcast i don't really listen to, i don't really f- watch sports but i liked it all right well, <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate the listens uh listens equals currency kind of uh, <laughs> all right joey how are you doing uh, well, that that was the most uplifting news we've gotten. I'm, although now I feel bad for your students being subjected to <laughs> the same level of torture that you the, and I are. The one student today came and told me he was like, he was like, I wanted to listen because I was curious, and he said I listened. And I was like, wow, he actually does know a lot about football. And he was like, and then he told me I really appreciated the Matt Nagy rants. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. So he's he's officially earned his. Uh, his best yeah. fan card is that, yeah, welcome in. You get you're it. right. That's been most of the episodes this entire season. Yeah, that's <laughs> Matt, I have a, yeah, it's it's that's why we have to end every episode. Where we're just like, here we are again. And I something tells me this episode will be the same thematically the same, but oh man, did did uh a lot escalate after we ended our, our last conversation. Like pretty much I don't know if it was just like hours after the next morning, I think the report came out like hours after we finished recording. Yeah, so the report uh for the listeners, the report that Joey's referring to is so we recorded on the Monday before Thanksgiving our super episode that was a recap of the Ravens game and then a preview for the Lions game with uh, my buddy Shane on to talk about the Lions. And we wake up the next morning, and all of a sudden, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, uh, Mark Conkle, Conkle, um, is reporting that the Bears intend to fire Matt Nagy no matter the outcome after the Thanksgiving game. And it's like, whoa. Hold on a minute. <laughs> now, I so sorry. Obviously, you haven't gotten to hear our reactions to this. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably chances are you probably listen to other Bears podcasts who have already covered this topic. Um, so you probably know how everything kind of unfolded. Um, but you, you can still stick around here to hear our reactions. Um, I'll be I'll be honest. I was a little suspicious at first just because I was like, what is patch.com? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, when I heard he was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, I was like, okay, like, I guess he's reliable, but what is patch.com? <laughs> what is patch.com? Yeah. And I had this vibe about it. I don't know Mark Conkle, so it's not fair for me to say this, but I had this kind of vibe like Mike North on Twitter. All right. 
Mike North was a 670, the score personality. He had some credibility about him, but the way he's been on Twitter lately, it's like, okay, dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I feel the same way kind of about this. Like, yeah, you have credibility because of your past, but you're writing from this patch.com. Like, I'm, I'm just confused. Yeah. When it was after that came out, I mean, hours go by. You have none of the Bears beat reporters saying, yep, my sources are saying the same thing. You don't right. have Schefter or Rappaport. You have, you have, you know, no national cover. You have nothing. Yep. And so immediately my, you know, I've got my antenna up of like, all right, this is interesting. It also just, I mean, think about it logically. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? Because no, Conkle's report is Nagy has already been informed that. After, regardless of the outcome, he's going to coach the Thursday game in Detroit and then will be relieved of his duties. It, who, like, logically speaking, why would Nagy agree to he, that? He just, all right, I'll, I'll just walk out of the building. Good luck in Detroit. Like, yeah, why would he, he would not want his, his, you know, legacy ended with the Bears of like a potential loss to the Lions on top of it all? I mean, it just, it <clears throat> would never happen where he would put himself in that situation. Yeah, it's it's different than some jobs. Like for me, my my old teaching job, I was informed in March that hey, we're not renewing your contract for next year. What that means is you still have a contract for this year to fulfill. But for this, it was you know the implication is if you fire head coach, it's effective immediately. Why would you be like, oh yeah, you still then need to work for us for a few more days, including coaching a game. The only thing I can possibly come to is they wanted to be like, here's one more shot for you to like put game tape out there to impress a potential future employer. I don't really know. But yeah. yeah, that part always was a little strange to me. Yep. And then I think it was just a few days later that we had like uh hub arkish hub arkish break from on his sources saying that George McCaskey was ultimately the one who gave the input to Matt Nagy that he needed to start Justin Fields when, when the actual QB one for fields decision was made. And again, and now we've seen, you know, there've been other guys who've kind of come back and saying, Nope, I like I'm seeing something different and that's not true. And I, I, in summary, like with all of this, I just think there's most likely in my opinion, like there's probably a gray area here from everything that's being reported where it's like, so it's, it's not quite what's the way it's being told, but there's not nothing to it either. So whether it's discussions happening at Hallis Hall about Nagy's job status and maybe if they had lost to the Lions or maybe it was, you know, hey, the decision had been made at that point that like this is going to be Nagy's last year. Like certainly there's conversations being had and I think the information just got lost in translation one way or another to Conkle Mm -hmm. and probably something similar with Hub Arkish. And like, no, it would be ridiculous to think that George McCaskey is like going to meet with Nagy and giving him the order about like he there's it it, again logically just doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up with everything that we know uh George Mac George McCaskey's not going to meddle in those types of decisions and put himself at that much risk so he says so he says but but again is there probably something to it yeah right so I think there's probably a gray area here where it's like maybe it's not quite the way it's being reported but there there's probably something so I like the way you said that because the way, the thing I thought about is just this idea of we find like <clears throat> I am going, going back to my students. This is the Mr. George, Kyle George is a teacher uh, episode of F- Full Press Bears. <laughs> going back to my students, like part of my job as an English teacher is to teach about like media literacy, which is like how to handle things online and with fake news and everything. The thing I try to tell everybody is whether it's fake news or whether it's 
you know, right wing news compared to left wing news. What you have to look for is the truth. And all different versions of that are going to have pieces of the truth in it. Right. It's your job to decipher what that is. So with this bear stuff, I agree with you that some of the most absurd things we've heard and some of the most realistic things we've heard somewhere in there, there is a combination of truth. I don't think that any of these stories would be 100% completely fabricated. I think there's definitely an intention among certain people within the bears organization that want Maggie Nagy to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, logically it just doesn't make sense. One, you're firing him on a short week. Two, you're asking him to coach one more game. Three, the McCaskies have never fired somebody in season. And four, everybody who's saying, yeah, well, now this year you can interview coaches uh, starting two weeks, the last two weeks of the season, so there's an advantage to firing in season. I get that, but do we know for sure that Ryan Pace is the one hiring this next coach. What if you have to hire a new GM? And I'll just say to that, Habarkish again reported today that it, I think it was him that it seems very likely that, or I think the report was that Nagy is not as tied as closely to pace as many have perceived. Yeah. I saw that come out today, which we've been seeing over the past few weeks too, going back to like the Tony Romo's broadcast that we were talking about where he was crediting pace for, you know, putting a cast of characters in throughout like the personnel just being better at every level than what he's given credit for and kind of creating some distance between him and Nagy. But this is, so you're right. Like this, there's so many questions to be answered as far as, the future of the coaching position. And it's like, why are we put, like, do we put that before the GM position at some point we need to know what, what that direction is going to be. And if that is in fact, Ryan Pace's decision to make, but like ultimately at the end of all of this, just, I I was just left with this feeling of like for a team that's obsessed with how they're perceived as much as the bears, like they are so lost in that and it is causing them to be as poorly perceived as possible. And when it like the irony of the Bruce Arians uh, mock press conference during his coaching interview back in 2013, right? Like the, the irony that this is a team so obsessed with how they handle the media, what the messaging is that they put out there, how they're perceived it, it, they're they're as obsessed, if not more obsessed, with their perception as they are their performance, and all of that just was reinforced in the strongest way over the past, yeah, throughout this season and especially over the past week. Yeah, I mean, it really just emphasizes the mockery and the clown show that the Bears organization is built on, and I think, like you were kind of saying, Joey, that's the conclusion pretty much everybody drew with all of this stuff, all of the news that came out. I mean, we're, we're not even touching everything. Like I, I, my head, so my head has been swirling this week because of all the Notre Dame stuff that's been happening, but my head was swirling on Tuesday through like Tuesday, Wednesday, that 48 hour period where I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? Because you have rumors that Nagy's getting fired. You have, um, other details coming out you have Nagy confirming that Andy Dalton's going to be quarterback you have um the whole thing with McCaskey saying that Fields be, being the one insisting Fields should start you have uh what was the other one um 
And then you, and then it's like an echo chamber of there's a report about the article, about the report, about right. the tweet. And it's like it becomes this inception and like only bears. I mean, it's no fault of our own, but like we are getting so, so many layers into it where there's like, OK, well, what's their response to that report? And that itself now becomes <coughs> oh, a story. I remember. And then Alan Robinson's podcast partner uh-huh, comes on uh-huh. saying that. There's locker room troubles. The locker room doesn't respect Nagy. Nagy has lost. Yeah, he's lost the locker room. Then Allen Robinson to Sean Gibson come on and refute it. Meanwhile, Allen Robinson is posing with a Traeger grill that's unplugged. (laughs) A whole other group of people upset. And now things we want to talk about, we can't. Like the the Allen Robinson Traeger post. Like the Brad Biggs reporting mishaps on Twitter, and he had a tweet from earlier today. Like this is this is the season I want to have. These this is the this is the content that we need. And like more than anything, I have all of this suppressed Bears fandom energy. Like football season is short enough as it is, and like I just want to relax and enjoy a, a Bears season. Watch Justin Fields develop. And it's just this political drama soap opera of like the same thing every week and yet somehow still worse, but still the same every week. And I'm just, I feel so sad of like all of what we're missing out on. People want to know why football, why the NFL has become the most successful product in professional sports in the world. The answer is because it's like a TV show where every week there is one episode you watch it and then you have an entire week to let it stew Mm -hmm. all your speculations and suspicions and your questions every all the rumors you heard here all of it just it goes in a big pot of stew and people just ruminate on that the whole week and you don't get any relief until game day and then there's just more that gets added on top of it that is why the NFL is so compelling. I agree with you. I'd rather be in a place where I could just watch the Bears. But, I mean, I feel like even with good teams, there's so much drama. I mean, look at the yeah. 90s Bulls with yeah. the Last Dance documentary, everything that had to say. If you watch stuff about the 85 Bears, there's a lot of drama there, too. Like, it's just it's just sports. But this Bears stuff is on another level right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the only other thing that we didn't cover, like over the pet, was the the fire Nagy chance, which in itself has <laughs> yeah, become a story. And then there's the Eddie Jackson gives the press conference pushing back on it, and then there's the stories about like you got to cover that now, and it's just and, and like I so I guess to unpack some of oh. that, like no, go for it. Oh, and, for and it. then meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is showing his bare feet on <laughs> right, press yeah. conferences as yeah. well for some reason, like. It was, it's just, oh my gosh, everyone's just one upping another, just into, like, like how much content and craziness can we put out there? It feels almost like everyone was so suppressed during the COVID year that this year they're really letting the crazy come out. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was making up for lost time and just packing two seasons worth of drama, like all right into oh this. Oh my word. But yeah, I mean, with the, with the fire naggy chance, like. I, I'm not even going to get into like what I've, you know, I, I, everyone can fan and have their own experience. I, for me, it, it makes really my only take on this is I think the majority of bears fans that participate or get going in the fire naggy chance, like it, it, it's a referendum on the offense. It's, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not some like vendetta, personal attack, a crusade. It's it's just Matt Nagy as the head coach has, has been ineffective, and Matt Nagy is the owner of the Bears offense. This season and over the past few seasons, it's just a reference. It's just saying we aren't going to accept this. And yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with 
Bears fans pushing back on, hey, you're subjecting me to watch a brand of football and offense in particular that is not watchable, and I'm just voicing that. Yeah, so, okay, so I, I have some thoughts about this. So um, I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, I feel like I feel like the Matt Nagy chance started from a place of Bears fans understanding collectively that the McCaskies do not fire people midseason. And right. I think it started as this idea that, okay, everybody knows that you guys are basically cowards in terms of firing people. And so we are going to force your hand by embarrassing you at every Bears home game. Little did they know it was going to become like every Chicago sporting event. Right. But as started, you know, just starting with every Bears home game, we are going to chant fire, naggy. And uh, it just so happens that naggy having two syllables works out perfectly for that chant as well. Um, so um, I think that's that's kind of where it started is like yeah. we are taking this into our own hands uh which is ironic just because you're at the game like not buying the tickets probably the the best way to do that but uh i mean i don't want to be i i've never been i i've actually always hated people who say don't buy tickets if you don't like the product it's like i'm sorry like i if i love the team I'm going to go no matter how good they are. And actually I'm going to go, especially when they're bad because they're more affordable. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. Yeah. That's the type Um, of bears fans like that. We've, it's like, we've suffered through this many seasons. Like what's, you know what? Like at this point, if you're, if you're saying that you're not going to accept when we're the team's going through hard times, like you, you probably, you probably have not been a fan of the bears for, for long enough, or you're, you're holding on to decades back. So I, I think that's where it started. But here's, to me, the chant has become entirely ineffective at this point because it's basically just become a meme. Like, it is a, it's exactly what it is. It, it's All it is now is it's a thing you do at sports games. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Nagy will be fired on Black Monday. And dirt, you know, what? I don't even know. Like, the next time, it'll be anything. Cubs spring training at you know the bulls are in you know the first round of the playoffs playing whomever like i I don't care what it is at at the you know the the horse races in may it's wherever there's gonna be enough chicago fans to get together and make this chant it's gonna happen yeah that's what 2021 and probably 2022 looks like like it's it's just it's meme and enjoyment It, it is funny and I think it, it coming off of the year last year, we probably would have had a lot of this start sooner if not for you know no yeah. crowds in the stands at Soldier Field. So yeah. this is this is also just overdue from from last season. And I originally, I, I definitely think there should be some um, consternation with how it was handled with his son's high school game. Right. Um, and I do feel. I don't know if better is the right word, but I felt better about the report when I learned that it was the student it's section. The students. Yeah, it's kid. I mean, it's like that, the, yeah. the ultimate memers. Right. Um, but also because it's a meme now, it's like I if okay, I'm a really chill dude, and it takes it would take a lot for you to actually offend me. I don't know how Matt Nagy is, but if I were him and I found out it's a meme, I would just I honestly would just shrug my shoulders and be like. I don't know. I guess it, people think it's funny. 
I wouldn't really get worked up about it. I don't know. Yeah. I I wouldn't even really think about it too much. So yeah, um, I mean, I'm hoping that he has like even he is during the I'm not an idiot like phase of his career where it was like you're yeah. not running the ball well. Like he seems to be aware of how just just how poor the offensive production is and go like to even that's kind of where I was saying is like this this sort of referendum I'm like fire Nagy is really just like yo this off like we are last in receiving yards as st- like I say it every week like still we're still last in offensive passing yards per game and it's yep. by a huge margin and then this was an interesting one I, I uncovered we're last in receiving yards by running backs and, and receptions by running backs. Like really? Yeah. Like at this point in the season, we are dead last in both receiving yards and receptions by our running backs. And we have David Montgomery who it, that has been a strength of his, like since, yeah. since the start of his career, since his rookie season uh, and Khalil Herbert, is, it's not like he's shown any inability to catch the ball. Like Damian Williams was, is supposed to be much more versatile. And even though he's been, you know, only getting a handful of games, but to be like, not even middle of the pack. I mean, that's yeah there. And that's like, kind of like where I would go with this next is just like taking us, like whether it's the lions game or the Cardinals game or any game in this season, like my, the, the thing I keep coming back to is, is the bears offensive game plan just can never seem to match up with their offensive personnel. So you've got, <laughs> you've got a, a running, you know, like the strengths of this offense is probably in the running back room. You could art maybe the depth in at tight end, like sure. There's mm-hmm. the potential for Justin, but like, so what we, what we don't see is, and we, we saw it for a few weeks earlier in the season. We was like, what happened to that run first identity? You know, what happened to establishing the run and we're going to build with the play action off of that. And like, why don't we, if, if that's where the strength of our personnel is, why aren't we using our tight ends and our running backs and involving them in the passing game and then take your deep shots with your receivers. Like when the t- like, why do you have to have packages for Demir bird? Or I, I can't even remember who they put out there once Marquise Goodwin got hurt in that lions game, but like th- that they're forcing the ball to the like fifth and sixth string receivers, practice squad guys on any other team, instead of involving David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert in, in the passing game or their yeah. tight ends. Like that's, it's just maddening. Yeah. Okay. So, a lot that I want to respond respond with. So first of all, just to kind of summarize the crazy week that there was at House Hall, like we've already said this, but the conclusion everyone comes to with it nationally and locally was just that this is just and the the inability of the Bears handling it slash the lack of them handling the situation. Um just goes to show you how um uh what's the word um oh my gosh um just dis dysfunctional that's the word yeah it shows you just how dysfunctional this front office is and all it does (laughs) is it it sends us down this death spiral of fire naggy fire pace blah 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 but who is hiring the next guy? Because I don't really, I don't know if they should hire a consultant. I don't feel like that's turned out to be the best option, but I don't want Ted Phillips to be in charge. And people are like, oh, well, they should fire Ted Phillips. Yeah, well, it's easy to say that, 
he's been like the family's best friend for like 35 yeah. years and he's a, as as far as bringing in dollars for the, yeah. for the team he's he's actually pretty effective yeah oh you know all oh, they need to sell the team well of course we want that but what motivation do they have to sell the team the closest yeah. motivation they have according to reports is that if and not if when virginia mccaskey dies if if she dies that'd be a an interesting twist in all of this but when she does die there's been rumors that the family will then want to sell because the rest of the family is not interested in owning a football team and they want the actual money instead of the investments in the asset itself maybe there's truth to that i don't really know but these things these demands fans want it's like they're not going to happen Okay, they're just not. You are stuck with George and Ted until one of them dies. It's just it is the case, okay? Or or retires, dies or retires. Like that is what it is. So get used to it and be okay with it. The own I have okay. At Da Bear's blog on Twitter, I'm I'm always back and forth with him. He's a very um forward person on Twitter. And that abrasive nature causes a lot of differing opinions. I like some of what he says. And something he has harped on that I've realized over and over again is that the best way to be successful in the NFL is to be lucky. Like when you look at so many teams that, and even dynasty teams, but what is it that they've done? They've had really good draft luck and free agent luck. And just all around acquisition, luck, maybe even luck within individual games and performances. There is a big element of that. And of course, you'd rather have a well oiled machine running your team. You'd be better off. Look at the Steelers as a great example. Mm-hmm. Look at the Patriots as a great example. Um, but, but maybe you can get lucky as a Bears fan, and maybe you can get. Um, a lucky enough run one year, you make a run to the Super Bowl. Maybe you win a Super Bowl. Who knows? Um, I just think, yeah, I just think it's about making the the problem to solve like as manageable as possible. Yeah. And so I get where ideally Bears fans would say like, oh, you know what would be great is just if we were just owned by someone else and we just had limit. And it's like, okay, let's let's make this a little bit more realistic. No, like number one priority, we all agree is Justin Fields. So. What do we need to do and put around him on the offensive side of the ball to go from being the, you know, absolute dead last in passing yards per game and offensive efficiency, every major metric into just middle of the road. Like that's, that's a market improvement and that makes us a relevant playoff team and that's attainable. So let's, let's start there and let's kind of, you know, personally, I'm a fan of Ryan Pace or maybe not a fan. I, I, I personally, I have no issue if the team says, you know what, we're going to give Ryan one more swing at hiring his head coach and try to build around Justin Fields. I'm I'm here for that. I have I absolutely no issue with it. So you're touching on where I was, you know, trying to go. I got so sucked into just my frustration. So I'm glad no, you no, because that's what because that's what the fan base does. They they yeah. go from like yeah, fire Nagy, and it's like yeah, no, no, let's fire absolutely everybody, and they call for the mechanic, and it's like okay, well, we kind of kind of snowballed away from from where we were (laughs) yeah um no okay so going back to ryan pace and just kind of trying to move on here 
uh, a few thoughts. Um, again, still responding to some things you said recently. Um, one thing you mentioned a little bit while ago was about your personnel not matching the mm-hmm. what you're wanting to run on offense. And there's a certain level of concern I have there from the general manager because it's like, okay, you hired Matt Nagy. You hired Matt Nagy to run his scheme. Right. So why is it, Ryan Pace, that you can't draft and acquire the types of players that he wants slash needs for his offensive scheme? Is it entirely Nagy's ineptitude as an offensive play caller? Is it a personnel problem? Again, like we were talking about, it's probably there's probably truth to both of them. Right, somewhere in between. But there's definitely a level of concern that I do have with Pace. Like a lot of people have identified this as a personnel issue. Well, that's on you, Ryan. Like Matt Nagy can can scout and evaluate all he wants, but you make the final call because mm-hmm. you're the general manager. Um, you write the checks metaphorically. You know, like it's not Matt Nagy. He coaches them, but you're in charge of everything else. So I have that little hesitation. That being said, comparing Nagy to Pace, Nagy has, since 2018, really since the latter half of 2018, been on a downward trajectory, and every year it just seems to get worse and worse. There seems to be little to no, like not even little, there just seems to be absolutely no progression. There's not even, um, there's not even like static it's it's not static where it's just staying the way it is it's like regression it's just like every week progressively regressing Mm -hmm. and it's hard to even explain how it's happening yeah conversely ryan pace there is an argument to be made that progress has been made in how he handles things with his job this is his first job as a general manager and when you look at what he's done, okay, I would say maybe there's been some things you can point to that he's learned about the job, okay? We know that his first-round picks have sucked up until Roquan Smith, up until Justin Fields, okay? Maybe. And because of the draft picks given for uh, Khalil Mack, isn't Roquan Smith and Justin Fields like back-to-back first-round picks t- for him? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, there's some improvement there. I'd say it's hard to say there isn't. Yeah. And, um, and, and we've seen some of that like gray area that we're, we're both talking about play out with in the, in the yeah. free agents and, and in the draft that paces. I mean, Matt Nagy says, okay, I need, you know, I need a, a, a near elite tight end level production for this offense to really work. I mean, paces tried bringing, you know, Trey Burton and Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. So it's kind of, I think for Matt Nagy's scheme to rely on, like you, you can't expect that you're going to get the type of talent or anything close to it that you that you have in Travis Kelsey. Uh, right. And then similarly, like at the running back position, you got to give Pace credit for bringing in Montgomery for Tariq Cohen for Khalil Herbert. Like it's it's the well, receivers that the receiver position has just been where like i just don't trust the scouts that feed in the information on the the wide receiver it's it's just something we've never been able to successfully draft or evaluate 
a, a couple things. Uh, again, still in response. So one, Cole Komet. It's it's too early to say. Oh, he's not Travis Kelsey. Now it's it'd be crazy to just be like, oh, Cole Komet is Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is, you know, like Wonderful. a god. Yeah, generational. Okay. Um, but but we all know that tight ends. It takes a little longer for them to fully produce um, to what they're going to be. He's going into his third year. That's when we should be able to know. Yep. And I see continuous progression with Cole Komet. Yeah, I still believe in him. No yeah, question. so maybe he won't be Travis Kelsey, but he can still be a darn good tight end um, in this league. But going on to other things you said, the wide receiver, that is a big issue. It's hard to know if that's entirely Ryan Pace's flaws or does that go to coaching? Does that go to Mike Fury and what he does there? Why is it that they get these guys that have seemingly at least enough talent to be on a roster and nothing materializes out of it? I think one of the biggest examples of that is Riley Ridley. Yeah, exactly. Riley Ridley, everyone was super high on. People were like people nationally were saying the Bears got a steal for getting him in the fourth round. The Bears traded up to get him in the fourth round. And the dude saw like a couple plays on the field, a couple targets, maybe. Like why why is that? There's gotta be again, with, with what we're saying, there's two truths to it. Like the, right, there's there's the truth that Ryan Pace has not done a good job bolstering the wide receiver room, whether it's because of his scouts or because of his own evaluations mm-hmm. or what, or just not investing yeah. enough money and draft capital in it. And then the other truth is the coaching. And that's this battle that we're fighting right now with the Bears. Is, and it's hard to really separate which, well, who's to blame for what. And I guess, again, where I come to with all of this is that because Matt Nagy has seemingly only regressed and Ryan Pace has shown at least some signs of learning and growth and improvement for that reason. I'm willing to give him one more coach, Mm -hmm. one more coach to fit with Justin Fields, one more coach because I personally, I don't really feel like John Fox was his per his entirely his choice. Mm -hmm. John Fox felt very much like, okay, we're in this weird transitional period. Just go get somebody who's established just to get us to the next phase. Yeah. Um, and I felt like Matt Nagy was his first real hire. So yep. giving him one more coach, I feel like is fair. Um, so I am, if this decision that Hubarkish is reporting is the direction they're going, I, I will back that. I'm fine with pace sticking around having one more swing at a head coach. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes with it. Mm-hmm. That's, I think all of that is fair. And I think even if I am like a little bit more, I don't know, forgiving of some of Pace's shortcomings or giving him maybe a little bit more credit for some of his hits. I think both of us have kind of gotten to that point of, and again, we like to some, you have to, we have to trust that the decision makers inside of Hallis Hall have more information and are actually the ones working like we would need to actually sit down with everybody inside the building to really piece this together to 
to be able to speak like with the authority that's needed here and to actually know where some of these problems lie. And of course that's never going to happen. But if, if ultimately the direction that they're going to say, it, it just at least lines up and seems to make sense, then I'm, I'm going to trust their judgment and say, okay, Ryan Pace to me is from what I've been able to see from the outside has more than deserved, you know, a, a shot at this and, a, and an opportunity to, to, to get us back into contention, like, at, you know, early on into Fields' career. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. So I would say that has been our lengthy discussion about everything going on in Hallis Hall that we're aware of at this moment, barring any breaking news during the, the rest of our discussion here. Um, and I think you were, you were like probably like 10 minutes ago, you were trying to segue us into the next topic. So I apologize for de- the derail. But No, uh, no, we're good. Um, so we had the Lions game. Um. I would just like to say I'm very proud of my score prediction and bold prediction. Um, my score prediction being 16 to 12, 16, 14 was your mm. final. I felt, you know, pretty good. Cause that's, that's about good. as close as you can get. I also predicted there would be a safety, which that's there was right. a cl- close call um, earlier in that game uh, with the lions were pinned down. Um, so, I'm proud of myself for that little pat on the back, but uh, yeah, thank you. Um, But yeah, I mean, why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean? You don't just go to the beach. You visit a private Island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Did this? I mean, this game basically went how I expected. Yep, it was. I I have very little to say. I think we. I think my main field, like at the, right when the game ended, I think I let out a note, like when the field goal went, and I just went wahoo. And it was just <laughs> like it was just the most, the most, you know underwhelming celebration ever and i was just yeah. more happy that it was over. i was like okay let's all carry on yeah it, it, it's it was kind of a strange game for me like <clears throat> it's thanksgiving it's the eleven thirty central time game and i'm in chicago for thanksgiving and like just the reality i mean i enjoy helping with the food and thanksgiving so my attention is kind of divided and I wasn't super interested in watching the 
games super closely anyway. So it's just, yeah, it's just basically because of the way the Bears are and because of the way the Lions are, I was in my head. Honestly, I was just like, let's just get this game over so I can enjoy the rest of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's exactly. I think that's how everybody felt. And to me, it may the outcome, whether the Bears lost or won, to me, the outcome made no difference whatsoever. The only possible outcome to me that makes a difference is if Justin Fields started and absolutely obliterated the Lions. Yeah. That's the only outcome that mattered. Yep. I but think that's, that's what's keeping us so engaged is like we're, we're right. here to watch Fields play and develop. And I, I, I would, I'm still cheering for the team to win, and I, more than anything, because I want, I, I want that for Justin. Like I want, he deserves right. to to come away from some of these battles with wins. And the crazy part, and I kind of hate the NFL for it, is that the Bears are only a game out of making the wild card, which yeah. the expanded <sighs> playoff I, spot that just I, is going to keep us in. The, like I don't have any issue with it until. Until it becomes some sort of justification to keep Nagy's job, like until we get yep. to that level, which I, I know, like it just is frustrating that that's even having to be a thought at this point. But like that, putting that aside, and I'm just going to trust that, given the conversations and the leaks that we saw from last week, that I, I think his status at the end of the season is hopefully pretty well cemented, regardless of what happens there. Yep, but there is that thing in the back it's of my head there. that's just like, oh man, I can't wait until it's January 10th or whatever. And I get to see Ted Phillips ugly mug on a Skype call again, <laughs> and him him just saying like, you know, we were really close. We were in the hunt the whole season, and there were just better teams that made it than us, or whatever. Like, congratulations to them. Yeah. Like, I am yeah. nervous that there's going to be that approach to it. Um, and I I feel like the seventh wild card spot and everything should be viewed in an entirely different way. It shouldn't be viewed that. Oh, look, we're this not really good team, but we have a chance to make the playoffs. It should be that, okay, even like we can be a good team. And because of, you know, the other teams in front of us that are also good, if we get bumped out, we're still saved. And because we're a good team and we know we're good, we could still make a legit run. But I feel like for the Bears, it's like, hey, just make it in. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Um, as if we haven't been there before, and like not forgetting yeah. the way that we backed our way in to the added, right? You know, wild card last spot year. last season, and then what we did in that game, and how lost that we look, and how you know, Manti Teo, and I, I don't want to relive that whole game, but like actually, Manti Teo was really good <laughs> on that first opening try. He was, and which is to me was even more sad because I was like, why is this? How is this guy? <laughs> Like is it, what, what are we doing at the inside linebacker position? That, that oh. this is our best option right now. And he did look pretty good, but yeah, yeah. the point being, like, I, I just it, it's a trap that we quite literally fell into. Most yeah. fans were well aware that we were falling into the trap last season. I, I have to believe that that we're not headed back for that one this this year. If I'm the Detroit Lions, I actually have a lot more emotions with this game than the as a Bears fan. Simply because I look at, I just look at the season and the season is dwindling down and the bears are in probably the lowest Valley they could have been at during this season, just with fields is injured. 
Nagy's status is up in the air. The locker right. room supposedly doesn't respect him. Like a lot of like this was the best chance the Lions had to get a win. Right. I don't know if they're gonna win. <laughs> no, yeah, just, this 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 was their chance. Yeah, and uh, they they were winning fourteen thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll I mean I'll just like I said I don't have much to say, so I'll go ahead and tell you my doink of the week just mm-hmm. with where I'm at in this conversation. So mm-hmm. my doink of the week was. Um, let me find exactly what I wrote. Uh, was playing for the field goal there at the end. Yeah. Um, Ugh, God. It just kind of left a bad taste in your mouth. Like you drive the field and you're – it left a bad taste because you just barely beat the worst team in the <laughs> league by far. Yeah. Um, that you was would, my you would, it would, – it's the type of move where like, man, we have a lot on the line. But, you know, both teams have so much on the line. And it's – I mean, it, it was just really – that was not the game that it was. Like it was – No. It, it, was, it was an opportunity to just send a message, which which matters in football. And, and mm-hmm. instead it just wasn't the way that they went. And I, yeah. I just felt it was also very fitting for the game that we all had to kind of suffer through. Of like let's just end it that way with this sort of clock expiring field, playing for the field goal and watching Dalton kind of scramble. And that's, that ties perfectly into my joint of the week, which I don't normally give to the opponents, but I, I have to do Lions, uh, you know, the Campbell back-to-back timeout penalty. Nah, that that just was, was awesome. really this, just the most fitting, like it all just ended in a, in a terribly fitting way. I love Bears Twitter. It was like Dan Campbell just out Nagy and Matt Nagy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that I really ultimately, like that was the game that we all got. And it just, it was sadly poetic and it just kind of worked. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you my my Sunday sweetness or my Thursday sweetness. Um, you're gonna find this funny. So, I my, for my third Thursday sweetness, I wrote playing for the field goal, and here's why. <laughs> here's why because as stupid as it was, and as it it felt just so defeating and deflating, like <laughs> this is meaningless. Why are we doing this? At the same token, this was possibly. The smartest coaching move Matt Nagy has made the whole season. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and they closed out a game successfully, which they oh were unable to do in gosh. Pittsburgh and San Francisco. And so it was just like, it, it was just this triumphant moment of like, all right, we've looked, we're not going to choke. And the Ravens, they closed out. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's well, what, San that's Francisco, what uh, Pittsburgh, yeah, and the Ravens. All of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving my Sunday or my Thursday sweetness. I'm just Robert Quinn. Like I, no. I feel like he he's flirted with it for a few weeks, and I that's I, more I'm a just, real one. Yeah, I'm just I'm doing a real. I'm like you know what? Just in case I hadn't already, but he logs another sack. And uh, shout out to Robert Quinn just for like keeping it, providing one of those rare glimpses in all of these weeks of just like there we go. That's a reminder of why we're watching on when the defense is on the field. Yeah, well, and uh, I mean, unfortunately, now Roquan Smith is out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He was on the injury report for this week with the Cardinals. I don't expect him to play. No, I don't either. Not if not if the Bears are going to give him a big extension this offseason. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have him play a meaningless game. No. Um, no. And they should extend him if, if you know as soon as possible here. Yeah, I mean, he's just. It's stupid that they haven't already, just because with Fred Warner signing and other guys. Um, it's just gonna he's just gonna become more and more expensive for you. Yeah, just get it taken care of. I, um, I don't know what what the delay is. Yeah, and I mean I, I understand that th- there's been a few things you can point to as criticisms for him, but that's every player. Every player has criticisms. Like 
look at the look at the tackles he puts up. Look at the way he like the sack numbers he brings. Look at the way he does stop the run and and drops into coverage. The guy really does it all. And I know that there's an argument from people out there saying, well, paying an inside linebacker or an inside linebacker is not a premium position you should be paying top dollar for. But you know what? If they're special enough, then you do it. Yep. Um, and I think and Roquan has it. Yeah, he is. He's special enough. He's. I think he's more than proven it. Yeah. And 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 like the intangibles of like he he is what seems to be an actual leader and someone who's like the you know leads with his words, which a lot of guys like the Khalil Max. There, there's a lot of like quiet guys on the defense. Roquan, someone who's who will actually be that vocal leader. And and like I said before, he hey he should be rewarded for showing up to voluntary OTAs. The man did what he needed to do to get paid, yep. and it's like pay that man. <laughs> yep, yep, I agree. Um, yeah. So again, not much to say about the Lions game. Like again, I think you and I are on the same page. I felt like no matter what happened, it didn't change anybody's opinions on anything. I'm sure. I'm sure for Nagy. There, I mean, did you see how he like emphatically took off his headset after the win? Yeah, it was a whole. It was like a. He was trying to do like the like the fist Tiger pump. Woods fist pump, but then like he got all tangled in it, and it yeah. just made him even more worked up. It was, um, oh God, from uh, the coin toss to like the botched headset at the end. It was just the whole game was just full of like, oh my God, just head scratching. But I think for Nagy, the competitor, you know that he is. I think for him. Those were some very real and raw emotions. Like yeah. he's he really was put through the ringer in and that he, very short week with yeah. all of the just the the BS that happened and the way the Bears chose to not handle it. Like I think for him it was like, hey, no, I'm glad you brought this back up because we kind of we because you're right. Like in in all of this and and like in all of the piling on that we've done for Nagy. I think he handled this like next as perfectly as he could have given the, the set of circumstances he had to work with. And he was, he was completely like hung out to dry by the front office all yep. complete. And the fact that they just didn't put any sort of message out there to just nip this in the bud, like right away, which they could mm-hmm. have done so easily um, was very disappointing and, and clearly indicative of, you know, larger pro- like again to bears fans credit who will kind of just be like it's not enough to fire naggy like this is what they're referring to you know yep. they're they're talking about hey the, the the problems don't just come with you know with matt naggy like this is yep. and and i think he as a leader i think he's you know i i really do i i, fe- I felt for him and i'm i was uh happy with the way that he handled everything given what he had to work with i entirely agree i i think I think you see some of those valuable characteristics in him with the way he handled that. It's just that those valuable characteristics cannot outweigh what is going on on the field, unfortunately for him. Um, but I, I think that fist pump at the end there for him was like, boom, look at this world. Like you thought I was gone. Yeah. I won 100%. this game. Like, yeah, maybe it wasn't a big deal. I'm over here laughing that they kicked a field goal. Like you and I both, like you were. What did you say? You said like wahoo. I, yeah. I, I remember watching him kick the field goal, and I just started laughing because it's like <laughs> this is so stupid. But you know, like again for him and the personal struggle he was going through, like good for him. Um, 
with no practice snaps taken with all right. the distractions. And like, again, as much as we clown on the lions and, and they are, they, I mean, they, they really are that bad, but they still like, they've hung in there against better teams than the bears this season. And they're, so it's, you know, it's the NFL. We've seen it all year, right. like all every team in the league. So it, like, yeah, it's a win against the lions, but you know what? It's a win. And that, yep. that's still, that's still big. So, um, yeah. So for the bears, they are very fortunate um, for, or Chicago area teams causing their own bit of drama, like Notre Dame, like the Cubs, who I'm just seeing recently after checking my phone, that the Cubs are very heavily interested in Carlos Correa, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you know, like you mentioned earlier, Brad Biggs posting butts <laughs> on Twitter, and uh, like just the the Bears are fortunate. There's plenty of other distractions because I haven't thought about all of this stuff really until tonight as we're recording this. So, um, I think that plus the fact that there was the game was on thursday i think really helped the situation i think yeah, if early the bears, in the day thursday and then like everyone has still has their thanksgiving after that yeah, right away i think if the bears didn't play until sunday i think that a lot of this stuff would have reached an unhealthy boiling point yeah um so i think the bears were saved by their schedule and saved by some of the other things going on in sports in chicago and the chicago area so I, th- I feel like they're finally able to talk football this week. And this week they have the Cardinals. Yep. Um, I had given a bold prediction a while ago um, that I felt like this would be a trap game for the Cardinals. I felt like I think the Bears have a legitimate shot to win this game and i may have even stated on this podcast that the bears were going to win this game mm-hmm. i regret to inform you that i've changed my decision <laughs> um i was large, wondering how you were going to approach all that yeah largely because of the injuries to roquan smith and justin fields i mean you're basically taking out your captains on either side of the ball it's hard it's hard to beat any team let alone the best team in the nfc uh with, with that so yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think it's impossible for the Bears to put up a valiant effort and for the Cardinals win to be in question for a little bit. But I think ultimately the Cardinals pull away from this game uh, with the victory. Yeah, I think we saw Fields was limited in practice today. It sounds like it, it, the door still open for him to play. Um, if I, I mean, without really if I'm still the Bears, Dalton's got yeah Dalton still got like the starting reps in practice and yeah. I I just if if there's any even one percent of doubt that he's not you know fully ready then yeah. I, I think you got to stick with Dalton if I look if I'm the Bears to be honest with you save him for Lambo like mm. I do not want him going out against the Cardinals where he's like yeah he's like 50 50 like it's it's mostly healed or whatever no you let that kid sit and yeah. rest until he is fully ready to go. And I'd rather you throw him out there at Lambeau because you know what? As a Bears quarterback, he's going to play a lot of games at Lambeau. So yeah. let him get that experience. Let him, you know, hopefully lead the Bears to a victory against the hated rivals. Do like I would save him for that if I'm the I Bears. Would would, um, but no who knows? Question. We know that Matt Nagy has a job to save. And for him, he might be like, hey, Justin gives me the best chance for that, so I don't really care. <laughs> I'm going to start him. Yeah. I think Nagy has a better judgment than that. I don't think he'll he'll do that. I do think Dalton will start this game. 
Um, which leads me kind of into my predictions. But what other thoughts do you have about this before I give those? No, I, uh, I I think it'll all be kind of summarized by my prediction and bold prediction. I think yep. we're we're I, I think the only other comment like beyond just Roquan, but just it's it was that type of season where injuries, at least defensively, I think more than anything. I mean, Allen Robinson too, but you look at the injury report that came out today, and it's, it was kind of a remind on top of everyone who's already been shut down on IR, right. and it was it was just a reminder of just how depleted you know, the, the, the starters have been this season yep. and that's timing wise. Like this, this was a time where we'd want to be, uh, Hey, maybe this like, if we're facing Seattle or we're, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're kind of running, running thin on like easier games for the balance of the season, but yeah, it's yep. definitely a tough time to be playing the Cardinals. Yep. Um, yeah. So let's get into our predictions then for this game. Um, so I always like to try to have kind of a narrative for, a game that I'm working with. So my score prediction is Cardinals 38 bears 27. Um, I don't know the status of Kyler Murray, but Colt McCoy has been quite impressive in his absence. Um, I think either way, the Cardinals are going to put up big points here. Mm -hmm. I already stated with Roquan being out, other defensive players injured. I mean, you're basically down to to Eddie Jackson and Robert Quinn as your stalwarts on defense. Right. Yep. It's just and Jalen Johnson, I suppose. I I just don't think it's going to end well uh, offensively uh, or defensively for the Bears. As for the offense, uh, the story I'm going with here is I think this is a blowout. I think it's actually a 38 to 20 game. And the Bears kind of put together a garbage time drive mm-hmm. uh, to to save appearances, and thirty eight twenty seven is more of your your final. Um, my thinking with um, with all of this is just again, you know, Andy. If Justin Fields started, I think I'd have the Bears at least playing a little closer. Maybe I'd have the Bears at least covering. I think the line I saw was Cardinals minus eight. Um, so I would, yeah, I, I would have the Bears covering probably if Fields is starting. But without him and without Roquan, I, yeah, 38-27 Cardinals is what I have. Okay. I'm not too far, especially with the explanation, I'm kind of envisioning the game to unfold a similar way. Okay. So I've got a 30-20 to 20 okay. Cardinals winning. And essentially it's kind of the, a similar story with maybe just without kind of a garbage time, you know, TD or kind of a comeback from from the Bears, but yeah, I see the defense struggling. I think the Cardinals can put up thirty on us pretty easily, yeah. and I've got the Bears putting up twenty. And I'll get into one of those scores in my bold prediction. Okay, all right. Well, I have I have some things to say about scores as well. My first bold prediction is because we he it's been a long time coming since the beginning of the season, really. Um, before the injury for a big game from him, but I have David Montgomery scoring two touchdowns as my bold prediction. I, I, honestly, I can't understand why that isn't the game plan going in. I mean, maybe it will be. Uh, you, you, if you're, regardless of whether it's Dalton or like even Fields, it's it's this is that that's what you need to be doing right now. You and I'm not even be, saying I'm not even saying they're all rushing touchdowns. This might be a yeah. a passing touchdown. This might be a, like a wildcat touchdown. By yeah. David Montgomery. That I, I don't know why that's not the game plan going in now, or even in getting Khalil Herbert more involved. And, but 
we we just Heck. seem to forget that like we we should be a, a a run first and that should be our that's, that's what our offensive line seems to be responding to and then we get away from it so quickly Heck, David Montgomery was a quarterback in high school. Like, give him a passing TD. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, yeah, what does yeah. Matt Nagy have to lose at this point? Yeah, go go back, but dust off some of those 2018 like trick plays, you know, Santa plays, and give yeah. Monty a t- you know, let him th- air one out to Mooney. Tis the season. Yeah, yeah, it's time. No, I, I like it. I that's I'd, I'd be doing something similar if. Uh, I've been banging the table for it for weeks now, so I'd love to see Montgomery just yeah. get more involved. Um, I'm going to give my, for my first bold prediction, Jakeem Grant is going to get a kick return, take one Ooh. back for a touchdown. Something about Bears Cardinals and special teams craziness. Yeah. Something about Jakeem Grant just being an absolute madman. And, and it just he's had a few weeks now just to kind of like, okay, I guess I could just just – calm down and be, i don't know i 15 I, years since dennis green and yeah arizona yeah. put out that twitter documentary about him or whatever I just, yep uh, i just it's just hmm. it's time i want to see interesting. uh i want to see a special teams touchdown and i think jakeem grant can do it yeah why not yeah. yeah um my other bold prediction here um again this is this is not necessarily the approach i would take and maybe maybe Justin Fields wouldn't won't even be active. But my other bold prediction, I would say this is very bold because I just don't see this. I don't really see this happening, but I think there's a small possibility. I wrote two Bears quarterbacks take snaps in this game. Mm, okay. So I obviously I think Andy Dalton will take most of those. I think there's a depending on how Fields is feeling. Maybe he feels well enough to throw. A deep ball. Maybe he feels well enough to do a little quarterback scramble off to the sideline. I don't know what the game plan will be, um, but I would. I feel like if Andy Dalton's the starter and Fields was limited in practice, he's probably just good enough that he can. I, I, I guess I'm envisioning in the uh, in the Saints Tampa Bay playoff game last year after the Saints beat the Bears and the Saints uncorked the same play the Bears did with the Javon Wims drop on the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. For that one play, they brought in Jameis Winston as quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah. I'm envisioning something like that, where it's like, hey, I have this play where I want a deep ball. I'm sending Justin in, the big gun, yeah. uh, to complete it. Well, to give you a little more room on your bowl prediction, I'll say if, if Montgomery does end up throwing – or even get just out of the wildcat, and he does actually complete a pass. I, I think that counts as well. At yes. least in my book, I would give you that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. So let's see. Let's see Monty air it out a little bit as a backup. Well, I don't even need. I just said a snap, so I just need Monty right. to take a snap at under center. <laughs> all right, there we go. Uh, all right, what do I got for my? You know what? So I'm gonna go with on defense. I'm gonna say Robert Quinn will have over two sacks. So I'm taking the, I think he's mm. going to have at least two and a half sacks. Another strong week. Yeah. Another, I think, uh, and maybe it's just kind of by default as he's got, he's got to be the playmaker, but I think, uh, I think he's, I think he's due for another big game and two and a half sacks at a minimum. You know, it's so funny. Cause as I was contemplating bold predictions, I actually thought the opposite way at one point. I almost wrote down Robert Quinn gets zero sacks and Bears Twitter descends into pandemonium again about how awful of a contract <laughs> it was. <laughs> I, I think we've 
Honestly, one of my favorite things, like my favorite narratives from this season has been how quickly uh, Bears fans and Bears Twitter have been able to just, hey, like people have just said like, yep, I was I was way down on Robert Quinn from this season, but I'll eat my words like he's proved me wrong and like putting their putting any, you know, any any uh, of their pride aside from how he performed last season. Like, I love seeing Bears fans just being like, cool, we're just going to embrace this guy. He's balling out for us now. Don't care what I said in the past. I love him. It really shows you that we all Bears fans, we have very simple taste. We just yeah. want production and we want wins. Yeah. If you do that for us, then we will love you forever. Yeah. Um so well, hey, I think this has been a longer episode than even you and I intended, but covered a lot of good stuff. Do you have any final words before we sign off here? Final words, you know. <sighs> like final, final thought. I mean, every single game, there's a lot of, I guess I call it data on how well, and I'm kind of going back to the offense and Matt Nagy and what I'm going to be looking for in the rest of the season. So where I'm going with this, like every game contains a lot of data on how well the offense performs. And by that, I mean, like there's so many plays that the offense has an opportunity to execute on. And we just, not just this season for years. And especially this season, we just miss on so many offensive plays, just, whether it's the wrong play call or more often than not, it's just poor execution. And what I'm looking for in the rest of this season is just more of that data to show it to, to show a hit rather than a miss and and more simply put for fields. Like what stands out in my mind. And I think the, the play that probably sticks with most bears fans from this season is the fourth down touchdown run against the 49ers where Justin Fields, you know, the play breaks down and he kind of improvs and, and, finds his way into the end of that highlight touchdown run can fields bail us out of those missed offensive plays just like that one and that's you give me more of those moments or just more of that potential and like that is what i'll continue to hang my hat on and and keep me going for the rest of this season love it love it um i agree we just got to get the kid back out there um hopefully he will be fully recovered before they do so well, uh, this episode, uh, has, it's been a fun one. A lot of crazy stuff going on with the Bears. Hopefully, you've been able to keep track of the craziness yourself. I feel like we need like a daily log or daily journal to help everybody <laughs> make sense of what's going on. Uh, but that concludes today's episode. Uh, again, please follow us at FuriousGeorge94 and at GoBearsDeep on Twitter. At FullPressBears is our news coverage and articles. Uh, fullpressbears at gmail.com is our email send us an email leave us a review uh we love you the fans and again shout out to my students if you're still listening <laughs> one of you already told me to mr george how can you talk about the bears for an hour um now you know <laughs> uh, all right it is time to go i got we gotta bounce be great be kind bear down and we will see you next time let's beat the cardinals which i also say is upstairs Boom, baby! Fade to black! been the full press 
Bears podcast. If you don't love the Bears, we don't love you.